Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. At Bridge Farm Cafe, we always use Sarah Smith cloths. When I was at Brookfield, they only had those nasty blue and white ones. But these are a bit vintage, like our furniture. Fallon says I have to call our cakes vintage, not stale. Sarah Smith, for the posher washer.
This is Dum Dum, the show about the reality hockey drama that sent an ambush in the heart of the Midlands Arm. The open ticket from New Zealand, that is Royfield Brown. And with me, I have the one-way flight to know where that is. Lucy Freeman. And the last part of our Kiwi Christmas is you. Today's Dum Dum generally brought tears to our eyes. A fantastic, a momentous rendition of the Archers theme by Georgie and the Mid-Sussex Brass Band, organised by FEMAC on the Twitters. Lucy. Mm-hmm. On a scale of one to a billion, how mm. moved were you when you got that? A billion and three. Me was, too. Because we both, it was really early in the morning, wasn't it? And we mm. both messaged each other and said, oh my God, have you heard that? It's so lovely. Yeah. It was uh, so nice. It look was what just, we're part of. I know. It was. And then we had a little moment, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We oh. did. Oh, it was really, really. And all those people going to doing all that. It was so oh, just amazing, and there is something so, as Fiona said herself, there is something so lovely and Christmassy about brass bands at Christmas time as well. Yes, it kind of it, the whole thing was just <laughs> I was in bits, and no, it wasn't the next in the morning. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> you, you had, you know, you 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 literally felt the little flecks of snow drift down, yeah. and the Sally Army outside, yeah. and oh, it was it was lovely. Thank yeah. you, Mid Sussex Brass Band, thank and you. thank you, Femac, and uh, it, that was just like most awesome most awesome and uh trust me folks you'll be hearing that again and again <laughs> every week probably and again <laughs> but loose if yes. somebody else wants to try 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 to emulate that or maybe just ha- have a different take on the old dum de dum theme how can they win the accolade of dum de dummer of the week if you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, give us a plot prediction or suddenly remember you have an empty five-bedroom home, ring us on 0203 <laughs> or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thanks to Lovely Shambridges for her amazing voices, to Cosmo for his podcast roundups, and to Sarah Smith for sponsoring us. Thanks you also to Derek for the loan in the back bedroom. Uh, Derek is a bit emotional today. Uh, he watched the X Factor final uh, last night and was inspired by Rita Ora to perform a solo act of his own. <laughs> I tell you what, Rita Ora didn't have look like Jennifer Lopez yesterday. I know. Well, it was that dress, isn't it? With all st- the strategic bits missing and replacing mm. bits of. Well, it it, it, it was the dress. Now, I'm a big J Lo fan uh, yeah. because I'm just like attracted to her. Full stop. However, she can't I think really most of dress. Us are, to be honest, she can't dress though. J Lo, no, though she. Mm. But she's just just what an attractive woman yeah mm, good grief she looks like a double bass dressed up as a, as a, <laughs> a pair of net curtains most of the time that's quite an apt quite an apt description um however i i you know i've been swept along with a reggie and bowley love but that 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 second song ho- holy crap i don't know what you're talking about because i didn't watch it but i uh, uh yes she, he they he didn't win and a student did is that right uh, I think she's still at school. She's only seventeen. Really? Yeah. Crikey. Yeah. No, she's got a proper Has pair she of pipes on. Journey, by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> yes. She's doing it for her family. Is she? Has yes. she got a dying nana? Um, no, she's that young. I'm sure she's she probably got a, a dying great <laughs> nana. You know, yeah. she's, she's only seventeen. Oh, she's she just looks like a little starlet. And I say fair play to. But Reggie and Bowley, lots of fun though. Um, though stitch up doing that last song. But anyway, moving swiftly on, moving swiftly on. This week we have calls from Candida Beeching, who's in a cheery... Is that cherry? Cheery. Oh, it is cherry. Candida Beeching, Candida Beeching, who's in a cheery mood. 
Blythe Spirit, oh I love a bit of Blythe Spirit me, who thinks the archer should take a leaf out of Homeland's book. Hmm, not so sure about that Blythe Spirit, but we'll come <laughs> to that later. Witherspoon, who says, Ditchy Nob. Jojo Sexy Hills, who says Elizabeth has form. And Andrew Horn, our boy, bringing up the rear, who can see where Rob gets it from. But first, before all that, before the biscuit and history talk, before we delve into a in-depth analysis by you, dear listener, of the last week in Ambridge, it's Lucy V. Freeman with her sideways glance of all things Borsitcher. David went for lunch at home farm, one-handed. Terrible jazz played in the background. David flung peas around and mashed carrots into the carpet. A lovely family Sunday. (laughs) We're not in New Zealand, said Brian brightly. That's good then. He still knows where he is. Maybe he should have a chat with Alistair. Horse paintings. We're not in New Zealand. Do your dressing gown up. (laughs) Brian reminisced about going camping with the scouts. He was 46 at the time and he got told off for fiddling with his woggle. Uh, David is letting things get on top of him, apparently. Well, it's not surprising. With only one good arm, he can't fight them off, whoever they are. To put the tin out on it, he then broke all the calves. So Matthew gave them all Tixie Licks and a hot water bottle. To cheer Mm. Ruth up when she comes back to a barn full of dead cows, he's bought her an ornament of a cow and a calf. Coughing. But she's not coming back because she has been so enthused by New Zealand that she bounced out of bed this morning, apparently. Whose bed? She didn't say. (laughs) Then David said he's fed up with the cows anyway and he wants to get rid of them. For crying out loud, David, could you just stop changing things while Ruth's not there? Just for a day, don't have any more bright ideas. He's flopping about like a loon. By the time she comes back, the cows will be gone. Brookfield will be a garden centre and David will have converted to Judaism. All for no apparent reason. Uh, Pip and Josh played rugby. Adam's days as a prop are long over, apparently. He's got a tumble dryer now instead. (laughs) The ladies love a bit of athletic prowess, according to Toby. Then Toby walloped into Rex. Even I know that you don't move someone who's got a back injury. But no, Pip hauled him up off the pitch, slung him over one arm and headed off to Borchester General. And Ursula queen of the titchy knobs appeared. And she sounds as horrible as someone who could produce a titchy knob would be. She has white coffee with one sugar. What does that mean? I found myself asking feverishly. Does that mean she gave Rob too much sugar as a child? Not enough? Anyway, as I said last week, I don't care anymore. Amazon delivered Kate's yurts. Jenny was in Oxford with Phoebes and Brian was at a conference, so they dropped a note through and left them under the mat. Soil needs attention, said Adam, and apparently so does Charlie. Can we not do this here? It's hardly private. As the cows are notorious gossips. So these cows, they're all better now then, are they? Only you haven't said or anything. So we'll just presume they are then. Good. Okay. Um, Adam and Charlie had the type of exchange that is normally only heard performed by Dame Celia Mole Strangler and ageing juvenile Binky Huckerback. You know, don't you? (laughs) I know you know. I know you know, I know. Then it all got a bit (laughs) short. Come away with me to the wilds of Scotland cheer, said Charlie. That is far away, said Adam. Yes, said Charlie, and we can run around under the palm trees and be free. Charlie's like the sort of person who sits next to you on a plane and appears perfectly civilised, and you relax, and then he starts talking about the government controlling the clouds, and would you like to see his tinfoil hat? Anyway... It prompted Adam to use his special grown-up voice and peculiar delivery with a sinking inflection to say, because that's what life's like. It settles down. Linda was wearing love beads in the (laughs) shop 
and Susan took umbrage, announcing it was unhygienic and the noises were putting off the customers. Susan was on insensitivity duty this week. She managed to piss off Elizabeth by reminding her that she'd rogered Roy, pissed off Clary by saying how nice it was that everyone was back in their own homes and getting on with their lives as Clary was struggling to cope, not only with they turkeys, but also with a father-in-law <laughs> moving into a crack den. Why on earth Clary likes Susan? I don't know. She performs a sort of offensive pragmatism. Well, there's no point sugarcoating it, is there, Clary? Your life is a bag of shite, but everyone else is all right, so concentrate on them. You're just doomed to failure, and quite frankly, you're bringing me down. Anyway, it's Christmas, so smile. And I am wondering about Richard and Elizabeth. They Mm. seem to get on very well. The Taylor and Burton de Nujour, perhaps. Richard flinging his diamonds about, Elizabeth getting pissed and shouting. Dan (laughs) is still a friend of Dorothy and is taking her to his mess. We're not really going to have Dan and Dorothy, are we? Are we? Really? Whose whimsical idea was that, scriptwriters? You want to take it out the back and shoot it, whoever you are. And in a move guaranteed to amaze and thrill and surprise almost no one at all, Oliver suddenly remembered that he had an empty house that needed someone in it and he knew a family that needed a home. One day, he was sitting in their Italian villa, San Iteri Pads. Caroline was attending a lecture at the Uffizi on neoclassical art and Oliver was at home because he'd got his finger stuck up the tap. After a good deal of thought, (laughs) it came to him like a bolt from the blue. Let's move Jazzer in. No, even better, let's move the Grandies in. Well done, Oliver. You got there three months after the listeners. And at the moment, that is pretty good going. The end. You were surprised. Because you said it was going to happen at Christmas. And I said, no, 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 no. I have faith in the scriptwriters. They're not going to be so hackneyed as to do that. So yeah. no, 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 no. By the way, I quite enjoyed that this week. Thank you very much. Um, yes. No, I, I'm glad they didn't do it on Christmas Eve. But I am very glad that they're in there. I mean, you kind of think, oh, all right. You're annoyed with them because it's so bleeding obvious that's what's going to happen. But then you still can't help this cheesy sense of relief when it does happen. You think, Mm. good. It's almost like crossing something off your to-do list, you know. Write Christmas cards, order turkey, get sausage meat, sort out Grundy's. (laughs) And then you think, hurrah, I can cross that one off. I can stop worrying about that. Then you've just got Helen and Rob, you know, next. I've I've wrapped the presents. I've ordered the gift vouchers. Helen and Rob, blah, 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 blah. Now... Far be it from me to forensically go through your monologue, Freeman. Mm. Mm. But uh, Ursula has uh, coffee, white, no sugar. Not with one. She said one sugar. She said none. <gasps> I'm going to go listen again. Mm. Because, you know, I you know I go through every line <laughs> of the archers uh, before we broadcast. Because I would never broadcast without having copious amounts of notes after listening what to was it. it you were saying to me just before we started up skype i what? said i said it's a whole what? episode i never listened to. <laughs> <laughs> i just found one i'd never heard <laughs> <laughs> which happened to be that one no no it was the one before wasn't it but yeah shut up you <laughs> hmm. <sighs> well uh shall we go and see what the wonderful caller inners have got to say about the last yeah. week Hello, Ambridge 3962. Hi, Dumdy Dum. It's Kerno Beaching here. It's Monday night, 8 o'clock. Just come back from a dog walk listening to the archers. And I've just got a horrible plot prediction because Helen's just foreshadowed that she had preeclampsia last time. And I've now got a horrible feeling that Helen's going to develop eclampsia. She's going to die. 
therefore leaving the new Tichinov baby and Henry with Rob, which is going to leave this storyline running and running and running. Um, with Helen out of the way, Rob in total control of the children. Oh, it's just going to be ghastly. Please make it stop. Mm-hmm. Candida Beeching, who is clearly as much of a fan as Christmas as me, she's in a very gloomy mood, said... Helen's going to die. That's <laughs> that's a that's a positive plot prediction. Um, <coughs> but I did like the fact that she did this chilling plot prediction, appalling, appalling plot prediction, and then went anyway. Cheery bye. <laughs> <laughs> um, the thing is, I I think Louisa Patakis has done such a fantastic job, and she's such a good actress. She is. I, th- I think they'd be bonkers to lose her. But then I was thinking, well, you know, Nigel. But, you know, they have got form for binning people that nobody wants them to bin. Um, yeah, but th- this is somewhat different because Nigel, you know, is held in great affection by just about everyone. And even though people uh, feel... Helen's it, held in affection by no one. Exactly. You know, though yeah, she's obviously been... A bit ambivalent, I suppose. Mm. Yeah, so... But no, absolutely, uh, definitely played by, by, by the actor. But... Uh, Anyway, you know what I've decided to do? Well, I'm going to try and get through a dum-de-dum and not mention Rob and Helen. Do you know, I was thinking that as well. It was so difficult for, to find tweets of the week that weren't just, ah, I want him to die. Mm. <laughs> there are other things going on. I know. Not, not, not that many, many but are... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ah, well... Mm. Okay, this this is going to be a bit tricky then because Blythe Spirit mentions it too. Hello, Dumpty Dum, Blythe Spirit calling on oh, me lovely new mic. Well, I haven't listened to the episodes this week, but what I did want to do was to respond to Lucy's uh, comments last week about the Rob and Helen storyline. My reaction really has been similar, if not pretty much the same. Um, I've had sort of three processes to this. The first one is... This really is unbearable. I can't listen to it. It's too difficult. The second phase was, well, as a card-carrying feminist, I really object to the whole barefoot and pregnant thing. This is just really offending me. And the third one, and this is where I am at now, is that I'm just bored. The whole thing has gone on far too long. It needs to be wrapped up. It's outstayed. It's welcome. Now, I have to keep coming back. I know this is tedious, but I do have to do it. Keep coming back to this parallel with TV soap. Because, Royfield, you're absolutely right. The baddie is such a familiar and hackneyed trope in TV. You have one baddie and their presence just dominates everything else. It permeates. It's like a heart of darkness, a canker kind of releasing its nasty little tentacles out into the rest of the drama to the detriment of everything else. It becomes completely unbalanced. Lots of other stuff falls by the wayside. I'm going to go a bit off-piste here because I want to talk about Homeland Bear with me, because this is relevant to the Archers. Homeland is a really good study in drama for three reasons. The first one is that it credits its audience with intelligence. This links back to something that Lucy said last week about don't patronise us, you know, we've got brains in our heads, this is a radio for audience. Homeland expects you to keep up. You really have to pay attention, and that's the mark of a good drama, is that it challenges you. The second thing is that the writing is so on the ball, it's whip-smart, There are reveals, there are plot twists and turns, there's a cliffhanger every week. This season, season five, has had me on the edge of my seat. It is that good. And the third thing, and I think this is the most relevant one to The Archers, is that the writers of Homeland know how to drive a plot 
without interfering with the characters. Now, in the Archers, what they do is they drive a plot, but in order to facilitate that, the characters have these bizarre personality transplants. In Homeland, what happens is that the characters react truthfully in a given situation. And we have a really strong sense of history with them, which is fantastic because they do this either via flashback or they refer back to things that have happened in the past, which consolidates the sense of that character and their motivation. Really, really strong, really good stuff. So if the editor isn't already watching Homeland, I would strongly urge him to get hold of a box set and positively binge on it because it is, a, it is an absolute masterclass in good drama writing. That's my, that's my t- 10 penneth. She said the Archer's scriptwriters should take a leaf out of Homeland's book. And mm. I know you went, mm, I'm not sure about that. But she said, A, it credits its audits with intelligence. And... That it uh, does do. A? I said that it does do. That it does do. And she said that the characters... The ca- the at the what seems to be happening at the moment with the arches is that the characters are being bent to fit the plot, not the other way around. Mm. Characters are being it's like they've got they've taken the plarchers tightly quietly slightly too seriously and are now just <laughs> kind of, you know, thinking they can wiggle people's arms and legs around and make them behave in a certain way because mm. that fits the storylines that they want uh rather than them behaving true to, to type sort of thing um so she said that's why it should it should take a bit of uh of um of of its influence from 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 homeland i don't know i i i kind of understand and i think i agree with uh blithe spirit's fundamental point but i'm not so sure about using homeland as the kind of perfect example of uh you know, a contemporaneous, a contemporary drama that is just written so well. Yes, it doesn't pack well. I haven't listened. I haven't watched it since halfway through season two. It was there were just too many plot twists for me. Um, have you ever watched it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, how far wa- have you got with it? I only ever watched the first series of everything, so I've watched the first series. Yeah. So watched first season, then I got halfway through the second, and what I thought was absolutely brilliant about it was the fact that you're kept on the edge of your seat as to whether he was genuinely yeah, this, yeah. you know, tr- you know, traumatised vet coming back or whether he actually was, um, you know, a kind of a spy. Mm. Um, but too many plot twists for me. Uh, though, um, um, I forget her name, but Danes, something like Claire Danes. Danes. Claire Danes. Good God, is she played well. Yeah. You know, there's a woman on the edge. Yeah. You know, a great actor again. Um, oh, I, went, I once went to... Um, a dinner party and I says bloody hell that bloke looks like that bloke from Homeland and was nudged and says shut up that's his brother <laughs> <laughs> it didn't half look like him you know proper ginger and everything he was and uh, yeah 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 so I was like shut up his brother uh, anyway um Bly Spirit um she's not really listening much is she is that what she said in her call yeah, no, she's she's. Um, I think she's getting fed up with the mm. the storyline that will not be mentioned. Yeah, well, well, um, hang on in love because fingers crossed, and uh, you won't have much more to to get through. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Lucy Royfield, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here enjoying a warm SantaCon day here in New York City. 
So let's first get the following out of the way. Mrs. Bentos had asked that I state the unofficial name of the Dark Lord in my cute accent. So not just Rob, but Tichinob. I'm actually uncomfortable using off-color language, but I'll say it thrice again. Tichinob, Tichinob, Tichinob. Speaking of the just-mentioned person, what is up with his relationship with his mother, Ursula? Obviously, he's been keeping his conversations with her secret from Helen. She drops by unexpectedly, but hey, she hadn't gotten an invite yet. She was pleasant enough, if somewhat controlling. I wasn't offended by her. What I was offended by was the Dark Lord's homophobic remarks about Adam and Ian. While one may debate whether Helen was right in broaching the subject of godfatherhood with Ian without talking to Rob first, I was glad she did and impressed that she still had enough gumption to stand by her gay besties and not allow Rob to bully her out of attending their wedding. If there is going to be a wedding, if not, bets on who will sabotage it, Charlie or the Dark Lord. Well, there's an odd couple if ever there was one. The Friday conversation between Adam and Charlie was tense and excellent. Poor Charlie, so in love with Adam that he expected him to give up everything for him in a moment. Or just so unrealistically in a fantasy world, having spent his entire life in the closet and having no experience with real relationships, I could just imagine him all alone in his bed at night, pining for a love he's never experienced. Now regarding Adam, I was sad to see that there appeared to be a moment of hesitation before he said goodbye, Charlie. He gave up the dopamine rush of a hot guy for the steady release of oxytocin in his relationship with Ian. Hey, that's what it's all about. But I thought that Adam was a bit too lukewarm in his endorsement of his long-term partner and his life. I'm still hoping they'll make it to the altar and beyond, but will Charlie burst into the registry office, Dustin Hoffman graduate style, shouting, Adam! Adam! And what of Rob? What devious plans will he have to torpedo the couple he views as so deviant? Hmm. Well, I smell a lovely dinner my handsome husband is preparing. The joys of domestic bliss. So, time to go. Angus and I will have a lot to talk about next week. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. With a spoon. Uh, he very kindly says titchy knob for us. He says he doesn't like using off-colour language. With a spoon, what the hell are you doing listening to our podcast then? You must spend the whole time going, oh, good gracious and famous. <laughs> anyway, I was waiting for he who shall not be named to start talking about fairy godfathers and things when mm. he, when, when she was talking about uh, having um, mm. uh, having them as, as, as godparents. Um Char- the Charlie and Adam thing. I think it's actually, apart from me taking the mickey out of there, you know, don't you? I know, you know, I know. Um, but... I do awfully love you, sir. Yeah. Do you? Do you really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can't carry on like this, can we? Are you serious? I've never been more serious in my life. That's how it um, it's quite interesting because you forget how young Charlie is until he says shit like, let's just run off to scotland and we'll live together and see what happens and you think i'll tell you what will happen three months in you'll have a massive row you'll run out of money and one of you will have to return to ambridge with the tail between their legs that is what um he thinks that's what love is which sort of infatuation and it's obsession because he can't have adam or he feels that he can't is have it. it the fact that he's young but if i seem to remember when charlie revealed that um he kind of slightly swings both ways. Mm-hmm. Didn't he say he's never been in love? I could be wrong, but I think he said he's never been in love. 
Do you remember when? Yeah, he... that does ring a vague bell. Yeah. Mm. But I don't think that this is love. I think this is this is infatuation and obsession. Because if he really loved Adam, he'd leave him the hell alone. And he'd wait for Adam to come to any decision Adam's going to make in his own time without putting ridiculous fourth year sort of pressures on him. You know, to, I'll leave unless you love me. I'm going to leave. To, 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 to be go. to be fair to Charlie, right? He's got there's a there's a stopwatch ticking, isn't there? In terms of the, I best say what I've got to say now. Yeah, you so. know. And again, to give Charlie Barber's spreadsheet his due, it's not as if he's been peppering Adam with you know sending him love notes and uh you know suggestive photos of bits of his anatomy via via text as it for the last year he's played he's he's played it pretty straight really considering uh that he you know he's in love with the guy or at least fancies him to be fair yeah i i was i was warming heavily to charlie and then something he says something on Mm. Oh yes, yeah, episode. yeah. And well, thought, anybody right, that has no. a go at your Grundies, you don't yeah. like them. No, absolutely. You're inverted no. class prejudice, so you're like Rrr. right off him now. So but, I hope he doesn't move to Perthshire or Perthshire or wherever you pronounce it, and mm. bloody well stay there. But as anyway, the wedding's not going to happen, is it? Because it <laughs> there's so many, you know. Oh God, there's so many things that are destined to go tits up about this wedding. It's, you know, something's going to go catastrophically wrong. And I just think Ian is, is so obviously that the wise Buddha of the, of the whole show in terms of, you know, how to deal yeah. with the situation. Well, so. the way, you know, the best revenge is living well, isn't it? And he ought to say, yes, all right, I've heard what you've said and I'm just going to do it anyway mm. and not let himself be preyed on by that git. Mm-hmm. But no, he's just, uh, yeah, he's a shit, isn't he? He really is, yes. Mm. But, mm. Anyway, so where are we? Uh, trying not to talk about last night's episode. Um, uh, yeah, whether or not it's infatuation or love with Charlie mm. and Adam. And I am still coming down on the side of infatuation. And as you, as you said, even if he is in love with Charlie, no, mm. even if Charlie is in love with Adam, mm. if he's never been in love before, he's kind of fallen for all the bollocks and thinks this is... You know, this is <laughs> He's fallen for the rubbish. for someone's bollocks so whether or not he thinks that's real love or what because he's never been in love before he, he, he thinks that that's that will be enough to get them through and anyone that has and has been out come out the other side realizes no that is not what gets you through what gets you through is you know it's like people who say well, he's a, he's a he's a he's a horrible he's a horrible bloke. But you know, if you're if you're ever in real trouble, he's always there for you. And you think, well, that's bloody easy then, isn't it? Because you only have to be nice like once every year and a half. It's it's being consistently nice every day to people that annoy you. You know, that's that's what's 
real you know friendship is is and that's what you know sort of um a partnership is 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 you know the the not letting things get to you and and keeping interested and and um you know just being good friends sort of thing mm. um we're still on with the spoon aren't we we are sorry i'm wishing on mm. yes no i tell you what what i love about witherspoon's calls is that you know he, he, he obviously you know very obviously is a is a is a proper doctor isn't he um because you you realize that all these feelings and emotions that we have are just just chemicals just hormones yeah. aren't they and and yeah. he, he boils it boils it all the way down to that yeah. so it's yeah. you know oxytocin or it's yeah. you know yeah. you know some some yeah. other greeky latin sounding thing you know <laughs> so we're just a bundle of chemicals and hormones yeah none of it really makes any form of sense really mm. but i've said this before when they when they did the brain survey of people who were in love in love love um mm. and it, it 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 matched up exactly with the uh the the people are about to people put in the madhouse no, that people who had quite significant bipolar disorder and were on a high, a bipolar high. Mm. And, you know, it, it, is, it is chemicals, but we've created, an, I've done this before and bored everybody rigid, but it, we have created an entire industry uh, about this entirely chemical-driven, you know, um, bit of nothing, really, that is love because it's so powerful when you feel it. And that's clearly what, what poor Charlie's wrestling with along with Adam's bollocks at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not wrestling with his bollocks, so is he? He wants to wrestle with them. Yeah, he does. <laughs> oh, poor Charlie. Um, Andrew Horn. Greetings, dumpty dummers. It's Andrew Horn here. What a great week we've just had on the Archers. So many things I could uh, talk about, but I'll keep it to a few. Rob's fixation over a male heir. Well, now we know where that comes from. Male hereditary fixation is obviously in the genes as uh, Ursula pops up the minute she's told and starts fussing around. So that's uh, that is obviously something in their family. And Linda Sniff. Great to have Linda Smith discovered amongst the Maasai Mara beads. Uh, I was wondering where that had gone. Um, also Lizzie uh, with her passion being stirred by uh, by Richard you can see what's coming there and um, I hadn't quite made the uh, connection of course that Jojo Sexy Heels did um, that it's uh, it's just repeating the pattern of her first husband with Nigel if uh, if she picks up Shula's casts off anyway final point to reassure you all baby Titchener is mummy's boy not a daddy's boy i have uh, been communing with him via the twitters and uh, where he is uh, at titchener baby and he assures me that he knows mummy needs help and uh, so all will be well um come and join in the chat there as well oh horny boy but did you have any inkling that rob mm. was emailing his mother no but this is there has been another instance of this before, hasn't there, where on the one hand he says, I hate the whole bat and yeah. we have, you know, I, I don't communicate with her, but there is some level of communication. Yeah. But this is about the second time this has happened. But um, I, I suppose 
we're supposed to infer from that meeting you know but Helen says oh yeah well oh god that was a bit interesting wasn't it oh she was she was nice though Rob uh that you're supposed to you're supposed to feel some level of a uh, of sympathy with Rob uh imagine what his childhood was like with this you know formidable and kind of cold woman and it's some that chimes Lucy mm-hmm Oh, God, and we're not talking about Robin Helen, am I? No. I I'll move swiftly on there. <laughs> Jessica Jones, Marvel superhero thing on Netflix. Oh, no, yes, no. yes, yes, yes. That's what, um, oh, God, what's he called? Uh, um, well, whilst you're thinking... Justin, of- Justin what's it on, on the Justin Farrington on the Twitters said, in mm. between that storyline and the Jessica Jones storyline I am despairing of the entire male race basically so well, it's just making me feel very very depressed it is all about surviving abuse yes uh, I'm watching it as well oh how far have you got how many episodes in uh I'm nearly at the end well that that's some grim stuff in there isn't there I know yeah absolutely grim and yeah. um and I recommend to anybody who thinks well this Marvel stuff is all about people with capes and, and flying with superpowers. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, here is um, uh, a protagonist who is uh, somewhat tortured uh, and you realise that she has very good reasons of being tortured. Well, there's, there's a double dose of torture, though, isn't there? Yeah. There is yeah. um, There is what she suffered at the hands of uh, the antagonist, the baddie, um, some And six it's also got David before. Tennant in it, yeah. which, which who, makes things worth watching, which who is, is fabulous. Yeah, who is the proper evil baddie, uh, who doesn't want to and conquer the world. The, this is the thing, you no. know, and, that's, and it's played on... He just on... wants to conquer his own world, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, and um, and Jessica and, Jones is very sexy, stomping around in her big boots and her sulky pout and her yeah. sticking her black hair around. It, it it's it's very good, and um, it wasn't at all what, what. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What I expected, but um, it's, uh, it's good. <laughs> so I recommend anybody with an internet connection uh, to get your free Netflix for a month and just, just go watch that. And um, it's uh, it's a well-written layered drama, which made me think of um, The Person Who Shall Not Be Named. Hi there, Dumpty Dum. It's Jojo Sexy Heels here. Just phoning in with my Christmas thoughts around Elizabeth. It does seem to me like she can't make a new relationship of her own. Originally, when she met Nigel, he was one of Shula's cast-off boyfriends. And she was sounding extremely enthusiastic this week at discovering that Dr. Locke was moving into the village. Far too excited for my, my personal peace of mind. Does sound to me like we're going to have a Lizzie-Dr. Locke relationship. I do hope that he's not going to be the um, husband number two. I do hope it goes dreadfully wrong and that Shula gets very upset and that Lizzie and, and Shula fall out permanently over it, even though Shula's supposedly happily married to the disappearing Alistair. But you can see it coming. It's flagged up. Just thought I'd bring that into the mix. And I do love Oliver Sterling. It's out there. I did put it on the Twitters yesterday. He saved the Grundies. Well done, Oliver. I hope we never see or hear from you ever again and that you just leave the Grundies in situ. So Merry Christmas to everybody and um, speak to you all soon. Bye. Jojo Sexy Heels. Mm-hmm. Um, Elizabeth has form for picking up Shula's cast-offs like wearing yesterday's knickers off the bedroom floor. Um, <laughs> it's... She's a bit like Autologous, isn't she? She's a snapper up of unconsidered trifles, Elizabeth. She kind of um, anyone anyone hanging around for too long, well, she was like, mm, he might do, you know. It's sort of like I'll try them out, kind of thing. Um, I still think I still think Ifty should come back because I still think he was the best, and also he had no baggage. He had no flipping history. With well, he had no baggage. He had no baggage because it was just the. The cricket coach and math teacher, you know, he he knew nothing else about him. No. For all you know, he was from Bradford and he'd run away from an arranged marriage. You don't know. No. He didn't sound like that, though, did he? Well, as as you've said before on a couple of occasions, if ever there is a a character of Asian origin on Radio 4, there's always an arranged marriage which they're running away from at some point. Have you forgotten that you've said that? No, yes, I have. Mm, there you go. Mm-hmm. You're on form today, aren't you? Am I? Mm. Am I not normally? No, but I you're don't answer that. Despite missing an entire episode, you're <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Who are these Grundies? What's going on? <laughs> Thank you. Do we like them? <sighs> yes, so. Uh, then we'll have Dr. Dick and Elizabeth. Mm. Mm could work well he is moving in isn't he and again if there's an overarching theme to the last what 18 months it's a case of let's get old characters uh or at least old families back so we've got fair brothers we've got the grundies back where they you know where they've historically lived we've got dr Locke back we've got caroline tregoran back 
you know it, it goes on and on and on yeah you know it's it's a case of just uh the more things change the more they stay and the, the same been fair brethren well that's what i said the fair brothers oh sorry yeah, yeah. you know we got the you know the the fair brother family uh established back in the village mm. mm-hmm. so uh adan and dorothy does make mm-hmm. sense oh god isn't that just the daftest thing you've ever heard no the first person that Donald says... Trump is the daftest thing I've ever heard. And <laughs> seen. <laughs> How can anybody take that man oh seriously? Just b- before he even opens his mouth, you look at him and go, you're an arse. Look at you your thought, hair. You're an arse. You thought that was a good idea. That's before you've even said anything. Yeah. Exactly. Good God. But he does make Nigel Farage look kind of quite I measured and reasonable, like doesn't he? <laughs> It's like, it's like, you remember when, um, I, there's, a, there's an Irish comedian, I can't remember who it is, who talked about um, after uh, the, uh, sort of ISIS appeared and became, or Al- Al-Qaeda, as it was then, sort of became a, um, before it married and became ISIS. Um, uh, when it sort of first appeared, he said, blimey, he said, we, we owe, the uh, people of Northern Ireland owe, owe Al-Qaeda a huge favour because they've made us look like bleeding amateurs. <laughs> in a bomb warning phoning in (laughs) and yeah uh, Trump makes Nigel Farage look like Mm. an absolute amateur yeah Mm. and old Le Pen's lost doesn't she silly cow yes (laughs) came third see people don't need to listen to the world at one do they they can just listen to our reasoned political debate (laughs) laughing at people's hair and going ha ha (laughs) but did you see that that bald eagle with with Trump god yes (laughs) (laughs) think trump was saying well you, you can perch yourself on my hair that's obviously a, a bird's nest <laughs> no i think i pick the no, hell out of him what kind of impeccable symbolism is that that he gets attacked by the symbol <laughs> of america <laughs> yeah no it's uh, uh <coughs> nigel farage you're not so bad after all you know, no. you know all things considered compared to that buffoon yeah. you know so yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, ah, End of the course, but we have some letterers. Ooh, letterer-innerers. I like I like a letterer-inner in me. Fiona Powell. Yes. Said she sounds happy- like an eminently sensible letterer-inner. Does Fiona she Powell? She said, "Happy birthday, Royfield." Oh, and I, thank sorry, you. I forgot, but all the Twitter people remembered, which was very good. Of Not me. all of them. Not all of them. Mm. Some. Well. You know, statistically speaking, I would say it was an insignificant amount that remembered. Oh, you're talking about people that follow us, not just all of Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Because that would be unrealistic, to be fair. No, listen, thank you for all my birthday wishes. Thank you. Um, She says she wanted to let you know how Mm. entertained I was by the Garibaldi Nice Bourbon bit. Oh, yes. As you were musing, I was shouting at my iPod, Battenberg cake, Royfield, Battenberg cake. <laughs> it got me a very funny look from the passerby as I was walking to the studio from the car park. <laughs> I guffawed when you then made the Mountbatten Battenberg connection. Very amusing, she says. So yeah. you have you have uh, an agreer, somebody in agreement with your with your uh, pastry, but cake, bake, confectionery based historical links well listen there's more of this stuff right leslie g can i do my own little tweet of the week yes for leslie g shall i do the thing at royfield 
it is 271 miles from Nice to Jaffa. No! Yeah! I was like, boom! You'll be mentioned on the show. How clever was that? I don't understand. Why 271? Jaffa is in Israel. It's part of Tel Aviv. Jaffa cakes. I know, but what's the 271 miles got to do with it? From Nice in France? Yes. To Jaffa. Nice biscuits, Jaffa cakes, their biscuits. Yes, but what's the significance of the number 271? She's just saying. Oh, I see. Sorry. It's a way of connecting them. Ah. Oh, God, Lucy. Sorry. Sorry. I'm not very good at this stuff, am I? (laughs) (laughs) Diane Moynes. Yes. Royfield, when we were taught Italian unification, we called them the biscuit lessons and Ah! had Garibaldi's niece and Bourbons. So this is actually a thing. I didn't know this was a thing. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Biscuit lessons. Biscuit lessons. And then, just to end this up, Mary Not Contrary, who hopefully I'm going to see in a week or two. Mary Not Contrary, who hopefully I'll see in the next couple of weeks in Canada land. Said, in Canada, we have Laura Escorda chocolates commemorating an early Canadian history. So there's a a bit of a thing. This is a thing. And then I think also Mary, it was Mary Not Contrary, said that there are Louise or Louisa's, who's an empress of Russia, who's also uh, been biscuited. This is a proper baked good historical thing. I think I should start a little side podcast about it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Be good. Be yeah. tasty anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Next time I see you, you'll put on full stone because well, you keep eating the artifacts that you're talking about. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, ah, ah. Now another one of your um your 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 strange little uh, segues has has triggered a response from Claire, who said, "I listened with interest at the pitch for a service station based drama because yes. for years I have had a very similar idea." Mm-hmm. My concept was a drama set at a conference centre. You still have all the regular... This is sounded like Acorn Antiques. You still have all the regular characters. It sounds like a bonk fest to me if it's a conference centre. <laughs> it's just, just a shagging, isn't it? It is. And the surrounding bars and hotels, but the visiting mm. characters sometimes stay for a few days. You could compare the behaviour of different cohorts of professionals. Surgeons like one week, packaging sales the next or whatever. That's like Gay Grables, isn't it? Mm. Plus a chance for a cameo from whichever stand-up comic is booked for the award ceremony or after dinner speech. Royfield, if this ever makes it to production, we can split the royalties. Love Dumpty Dum, by the way, just making it a part of my weekly routine. Thank you very much, Claire. Well, it'd be Stephen Fry once a month, wouldn't it? Because he's he always does those things and he's brilliant. But he's so expensive. Very true. But um, so we tried an the neurosurgeons would be able to afford him. That's true. An agency that we I worked for tried to book, oh, what's he called? John Snow for an hour and a half at lunchtime and he was 12 grand. John Snow, Channel 4, John Snow? Yep. You're joking me, 12 grand? Mm-hmm. Is he even that half. funny? No, this was to compare something, just to come oh, on and oh, do just hello, how give it are gravitas. You? And, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good heavens. But, they, I mean, Stephen Fry's like sort of 40k sort of thing. But... A lot of the time, these people, their agents just tell you a ridiculously high figure just to see what's the, what's the cut of your jib. Because they actually, you know, they get loads of kind of inquiries and they say, yeah. you know, we're just going to treble this, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and just see what you say. And if you go, well, that's just too much, but I've got, you know, three grand. You know, well, that, then, well actually, let, let's go and look at the diary. and a pound. <laughs> say, okie dokie, mm. you're on. 
But hey, Claudia Winkleman came to my Notting Hill Awards. Did she? Yeah, she came for free. Oh. She wouldn't come now, though. Now, no. she, now she's doing Strictly and do, yeah. doing such a damn good job on it. Yes. But back in 2001, you could get her for free. Mm. Who else did we have? Oh, and that Aldo Zilli, because he used to live just around the corner. Oh, right. Mm. We had other people as well, but I can't remember their names. It was good. Where were you? Why didn't you come? When? What were you doing in 2001? Oh, good Lord. I've no idea. Oh, I was the face of British inventions. What? Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> what? I've never, I've the never Sinclair dealt with Sinclair C5? That's a British yep. invention. No, I... Well, I can't believe I'm talking about this. The computer. I, I joined a company called... Mm. Well, no, I'm not going to say what they were called. I joined a very, very small company that specialised in publicising um, British inventions. Mm-hmm. And because it was unusual to have a young woman um, talking about this sort of stuff, I kept being asked to do different PR things. So I went on um i went on woman's hour twice talking about it and i went on sky one to three and bbc breakfast news and talking about women and inventions and um how you marketed and how you patented an invention and um i met lots of absolute loons i met a man who had invented a new way of running Um, (laughs) that's a british invention is it (laughs) yep I met a man who um, wanted to patent um, bullets that didn't uh, actually do any damage. They just immobilised you. They didn't kill you hmm. uh, for use as, as, as armaments. And he, he couldn't. He was very, very emotional. He couldn't understand why the Ministry of Defence wasn't interested. And I... Isn't uh, that kind of a taser? Yeah. This was a long time ago. And... Hmm. Um, I uh, went round with Trevor Bayliss and all that lot, the wind-up radio man, mm-hmm. and Victor Kayam, who liked it so much he bought the company. He used it. We went round the... Inv- I had to show him round the inventions fair and he kept introducing me to everybody as the next Mrs. Kayam. <laughs> and he was about 70 then and he died shortly after. I was, my God. <laughs> I could have been onto a winner there. Well, I'm just saying his will. Uh, just to bring this uh, segue to... Um, a relevant kind of end. Um, for that. Yes. Yes. Right. So neither of us are floundering. Uh, women in tech, British women in tech, Ada Lovelace. Yeah. Uh, it's her two hundredth birthday last oh, week. Oh really? Yeah. Here is a know, woman. Did you know about Hedy Lamar as well? Not no. Hedy Lamar. Was it Hedy Lamar? Isn't she an oh, actress? Yeah, but she invented. It. Maybe I'm going to have to Google it because I can't remember properly. Uh, she invented code. Writing code. Yeah. That wasn't Hedy Lamar. No, it wasn't. Who was it? Who was it? Who was it? I no, had a, I had a Lovelace. No, Hedy Lamar. She. Listen, 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 listen. Okay, no, not code. Cool. I've got that wrong. I've got it wrong. <laughs> Hollywood actress, inventor. Sorry, I'm completely lying. She she created a traffic stoplight, uh, a carbonated drink. And radio-controlled, um, jamming, how to jam radio-controlled torpedoes. And she was one of the people that designed the basics behind GPS, Bluetooth, wireless and cell phones and Wi-Fi. Goodness. Yep. Wowza. Yes, yes, yes. So there we are. 
don't say I am not capable of doing a strange little eccentric segue of my of my own. <laughs> well done. And whilst I sit down and fully uh, comprehend uh, the wonderful things that women have contributed, not only to the world, like giving birth to it all, but also to the world of science, we'll have a break. Did that make sense? Yes. Oh. fashion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's the story of a cultural superpower that danced and sprinted its way to success. It brought the world reggae, Colin Powell, Rastas, Hip Hop, Bob Marley and much more. Its story is told to you in full colour for your podcasting ears. It's the story of how Jamaica conquered the world. Search for it on iTunes. How Jamaica conquered the world. It's probably the best least known podcast in podcastdom. Search for it today. Seit der Reichsgründung ist es durch 1914, June, Sarajevo, the heir to the throne of Austria-Hungary, Archduke Franz Ferdinand, assassinated, killed by a Serbian nationalist. About six weeks later, world war breaks out. Germany, Austria-Hungary, Russia, France, Britain, everyone is drawn into it starting in August, and then... Will America be drawn in? Ten American Presidents is a podcast focused on delving deeper into the lives of some of the presidents who became the most influential in United States history, for better or for worse. Each episode provides a rich background of the man and America at the time, and how the mixture of both affected each president's decisions and legacy. Hello, just a quickie. Sarah Smith's cloths are really useful. If you soak them in gin, they make a marvellous Molotov cocktail if you ever get the desire to burn down a yurt. Sarah Smith, for the posher washer. Fancy getting your mouth around something warm? Something comforting you can really get a firm grip on? Why not buy a Dumpty Dum mug from the shop at dumptydum.com? Goes down lovely. Good day, everyone. Millie Bell here. We had a really good week once again on our Facebook page, and I will start with our Facebook page. I was a little bit controversial, I felt, because I know how we all feel about Rob, but I did think it was wrong of Helen to be discussing godparent choices without having talked to Rob first, bearing in mind the fact that she is very careful about what she says and how she does things with him. I just thought that was very odd. And I said, regardless of Rob's controlling behaviour on this occasion, he was right. Although I did put the disclaimer that he was not right that Adam and Ian are inappropriate choices as uh, godparents. Uh, Glenn Fullerlove agreed with me and said, yes, godparents would normally be a joint decision, but the whole episode was so weird. Ursula and Rob's interactions were very strange. Emma dancing with Ed, that by the time it got to that point, if Helen had suggested Nigel Pargeter as a godparent, I wouldn't have been surprised. Alison Stainer said Helen needs to dump Rob as soon as possible. He is evil. Brilliant storyline. Makes me want to punch him every time. Claire Buddle said he's using it as an excuse to belittle her, though in any decent relationship this could be discussed as equals. And Witherspoon35 said first... Rob's objections to Adam and Ian is despicable. It is that they are gay 
and have an immoral lifestyle, not that Adam cheated on Ian. Rob clearly has been revealed to be deeply homophobic, not that there was really any doubt, as well as misogynistic. And yes, it was wrong of Helen. Uh, Liz Villalobos says, I agree, but imagine how you'd feel if I made decisions behind your back was truly grating. I was too, wasn't it? I've forgotten that. I said later on in the week, do you believe in the Ambridge Fairy? Peter Mabbott said, more like the Ambridge Goblin. Ruth blatantly ignoring her family. David has lost his testicles. Adam and Ian heading for a menage et trio disaster with Charlie. Helen not getting Christmas presents because Rob thinks excitement will exhaust her. Various other characters slipping into an alternate dimension never to be seen again. And the Grundies, bless them, a flicker of light and cheer as they enjoy a wholesome family Christmas back at Grange Farm until Joe keels over. There was a lot of speculation on all of the Facebook sites about the possibility that Joe might die, which made me very sad because I hadn't considered that. Jeter Beecroft said, which fairy? The Ambridge Job Fairy, the Ambridge Money Fairy, the Ambridge Oxford Offer Fairy, <laughs> the Ambridge Fairy who sprinkles her glittery fairy dust over people who've been in awkward shaggies in the past. <laughs> and Glyn Fuller Love said, well, the fairy has delivered, but I wonder if, like the fairies in Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell, a price is now required for their bounty. I wouldn't put odds on Joe seeing out the festive season. Oh, please don't say that. I love Joe. Around the traps, Cornelia Weymouth on Archer's Appreciation says, Do we really believe Ruth would have bought an open ticket? Didn't she go out with some group? They would all have booked the same outward and return flights, surely. It's just too ridiculous. I'm just going to uh, diverge a little bit here. I have to admit, I really do appreciate Ruth because she's done a lot of things at the same time as me. And I also don't speak to my current partner about the Archers at all because he doesn't listen to it. But I would—I had to talk to someone about this. I just felt the whole of that story was unbelievable. I have kids the same age. Um, I've had a, a parent die. I have felt like crap. And you, you just don't be... It, I know we don't all behave differently, but you don't leave your family. You just you can't just leave kids. It doesn't work like that. So I thought that was very odd, especially she's been so sensible in the past. Gerard Carroll on Archer's Appreciation said, I think Charlie was rather brave and it was quite touching. And I agree with you, Gerard. Deborah Collette in Upstairs at the Bull said, Am I the only person who doesn't get this trend of retro upcycling? I like my cups and saucers to be perfectly matched, not chipped and squeaky clean. And Noreen Greenacre in Upstairs at the Ball said, I worked in the hotel and catering industry for a number of years. And forgive me for being picky, I have never heard of proprietor or managers going on holiday for two months and then just casually tagging on another six months while they are away. Hooroo! Thank you, Millie. Awesome work from down under. Millie mm-hmm. lives in Melbourne, doesn't she? Yes. Well, here's, here's another little tiny segue. I am doing a podcast for the New Statesman. Woo! And the first episode is uh, about, it's basically the, the podcast is called City Metric and it's about cities. And the first episode is about civic rivalries. And we're going to do Melbourne and Sydney. And Sydney. Ah. Yes. And the fact that they could, you know, they couldn't decide where the capital was going to be. So that to uh, create Canberra. So there is my little Millie link. Aha! But anyway, loose. Yep. Let's have some tweets of the last seven days. Thank you very much, please. 
Linda Grant. What do we want? Rob out. When do we want it? The 65th anniversary episode on the 2nd of January. Hashtag bitch. <laughs> uh, Becky Black Books is the best description of he who shall not be named ever. If you cut Rob open, you, you discover... You know you just mentioned him just a second ago. Yeah. Right. If you cut Rob open, you would mm. discover he's just made of wasps and spite. Absolutely. Wasps that, and spite. That is brilliant. Isn't that good? Very good. She, she is a writer, though. So that's... that's it's, 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 She's clearly very good. What's her name? Becky Black Books. Oh, let's get her on. On the Twitters. We yes. Need, we need to get her on soon. I don't she tweets that. me. She's lovely. Yes. She's a lovely she lady yes. in glasses in her picture. Yes, yes, yes. That's her. The very fellow. Yes. What's she write? Uh, ooh, now I think I know what she writes, but if I get this wrong, mm. it's going to sound terrible, but I think she writes gay porn. Oh my God. Even more reason to get her on. <laughs> See if she wants to. But if, if I've got that wrong though, how awful would that be? Well, <laughs> if you've got it wrong, I'll edit it out. Okay, I'll go and check. If it ends up that she's some Christian writer, <laughs> it's wildly inappropriate what you just said. The children's book of fluffy bunnies, and I've yeah. just said <laughs> she... <laughs> um, right, now, hang on. Because uh, I've got someone here. Penny Chew Cards is next. Uh, she says, so... If whoa, whoa, of... whoa, 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 whoa. Have we discovered what no, Black Books yet. does? I haven't looked yet. I'll look at the end. My mind's stuck on gay porn. I can't move on. Oh, God. Right, hang on then. No, it is. Yeah, no, it is her. Awesome. Her books have got lots of nudie men on. Mm-hmm. Ganymede Tilt, Chrysalis Cage, Dream for Me, Immutable, Mapping the Shadows. I think she'll be gracing Derek Fletcher's sofa very oh my soon. God. Stow well, if away. she's gracing Derek Fletcher's Sofa, I hate to think what else is going to be going on Jerry Fletcher's sofa. <laughs> that. We'll have to remember to bring some cloths with us next time. Um, right, Penny Chew Cards. Mm-hmm. If Oliver and Caroline choke on Focaccia or are victims of a gondola hit and run, <laughs> stay at Grange Farm. Well, yes. I think they will do because I can't cope with anyone moving ever again. It's all too much. It's like a game of general post. It's ridiculous. Um, Tattooed Mummy said, catching up with the archers. Ursula arrives with a delivery from Awkward Visits R Us. Yes, it was very awkward, wasn't it? The whole thing was deeply, deeply icky. Um, And hat tweet of the week (laughs) was Hannah Betts, who Mm -hmm. said, leave, Ruth, leave. You've only a shit ceramic to come back to. (laughs) (laughs) Better than a ceramic shit. That's what I'm saying. I'm looking at Becky uh, Black Books' output. I thought you might be. Immutable. Yes. Patient Zed. Yes. Too good a man. Tempting the stars. Easy. easy. She's she's prolific, this woman. Nurse, he's out of bed again. (laughs) (laughs) He's wandering. (laughs) No, 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 no. I can't wait to get her on. I'm awesome. Sure. Yeah, yeah. She might add some insight into um, Adam oh, and yeah, Charlie. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Legitimate reasons for getting her on. Legitimate. Uh, right, smashing. Show's just about done. You've paid me a compliment this week. You don't normally pay me compliments. Did I? That was foolish of me. What did I say? You... Oh, I said you were on the ball. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well. 
And if you too, dear listener, want to also pay me a compliment, you can log on to dumpydumpjock.com and leave is a comment. That is the point of this show. Endlessly. So dumpydumpjock.com, folks, uh, you can leave a comment for Lucy and I and tell us how you think the show is going, if it's going at all, or you can go there and buy stuff for your loved one for Crimbo. So you can go to dumdydum.com forward slash shop and you can buy a hat, a t-shirt, a mug, a coaster, whatever the heck you want. And it will be delivered before Christmas because uh, they're good like that. Um, so, And also remember, you can add articles to the site. And Chris Lois, it's just, he's going great guns, Lucy. Is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every week, he, you know, he does his little kind of roundups of uh, the last week in Ambridge and, and wax on the site. And you too, dear listener, can do that also. You can also read it. Hang on, didn't he do a a ghost story? He did, he's done. Now, we're going to have a bit of a Christmas uh, special where we look at the last year in Ambridge. And um, this gentleman, somewhat rather clever, has only done us um, an episode. So we're going to put that up too. Cool. Cool, indeed. A whole episode? Yeah, he's done a thing. And uh, and we'll put it within a a wider thing. Okay. Mm. A thing in a bigger thing. Yes. Uh, now, this kit and caboodle, um, you know, it does cost us um, a little. We've got kind of hosting and bandwidth and, and all manner of things that we need to pay for. So you too, dear listener, can help to keep our dum dum show on the road. And there are a couple of ways in, win- in which that can be done. You can go to patreon.com forward slash dumpty dum and find us to support the show for two dollars or if you want to simply donate you can go to dumpty dum.com hit the donate button on the site and we would like to thank the following for their support over the last year sarah harding jennifer reba samantha dean john burns dog Faunt, candida beachy david martin magic at mungos morgan johnson andy bent scott matthewman lorelei amy ross martin pickering Auntie Jean Rose, Sarah Amanda Hydes, Rosie Taylor, Barbara Wiseman, Jan Mitchell, James Moores, Goddess Diva, and Yokel Bear. Yay. Right oh, is that what he's saying? Yeah. What do you think? I he heard that I heard no, I heard the sexist man in Jamaica bit, obviously, but I couldn't work out what the hell he was saying first. Yeah, that's what he's saying. Ah. I hope you fired your leaf blower, man. He's not there. Lucy, mm-hmm. do you remember when the most exciting section of the whole show was reading out iTunes reviews? Yes, before we had the shop which replaced it in excitingnessment. Yes. <laughs> well, um, suffice to say, not mentioning every episode that you can actually write us a review on iTunes has meant that the amount of reviews we got on iTunes, well, it hasn't <laughs> quite stopped, but it's slowed massively. Right. Mm. So I'm not going to bring it back in its full entirety, but every now and then I think we need to poke the listeners with a, with a stick and say, write a review okay. on iTunes because it helps get us more traffic. And we had a rather nice one this week. Ooh. Oh, yes. Brilliant. With five, one, two, three, four, five, five stars. Thank you. From Paul Q. Mm -hmm. What a fantastic podcast. As a very new listener to The Archers, less than a year, it's great to hear the background of so many characters and storylines from the vast combined knowledge of Royfield and Lucy. Gracious me. Always... (laughs) 
Always a spot-on review of the week from Lucy. Great intelligence and wit throughout the whole show from both. A must-listen for any Archers fan. Paul Q, we could not agree more. What a sensible person you are. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, thank you for your lovely review on the Tunes of I. Hmm. Um, Just about it, but just finishing up to say remember to get in contact with us you can send us a voice message via speakpipe on our site or you can call us on 0203031305 to leave us a message because that's what makes the show go round or you can find us on social media on the twitters where we are at dumpty dum or you can tweet me or i'm at royfield oh sorry or me <laughs> god Keep up. or me at lucy v freeman or sarah smith at sarah underscore smith and remember, we're also on the Book of Face where, um, quite simply, you get onto Facebook and just type in Dum Dee Dum and then you'll find us and you'll join some 800 and odd other people that said they also like Dum Dee Dum and you can chat and commune and do things. And that'd be hey. most awesome. Any Parthian shots, Lucy mm. B. Freeman? No, except I have a feeling that next week is going to well, be Well, you do, you have cracker. one then. Yes, one, I do. Next week is going to be a cracker, I think, because it is going to be the wedding. Or not. Or not. Mm-hmm. What do we think? No, it has to a wedding has to happen. They can't we can't have two no. non weddings in no. just over a year. That no. would just be soapy tropey bonkers. Yeah. Soapy tropey bonkers. That's the that's the, the mojust for <laughs> what is going on. Um I think that we should go, we should all hope for the Ian as Buddha, as you said, and the kind of the um, best revenge is living well. And he should just say, yeah, well, do you know what? Adam and I are strong enough to work this out by ourselves. And we, unlike you, have no, Rob, have no uh, need to bully our way into or force or coerce people into a relationship. We are strong enough to, to survive. <laughs> Uh, juicy loose considering yeah. this show is going to be a little bit short yeah um, I've is just, it? well yeah because there's only a few calls okay um, I've just discovered that in the states we've got four reviews ooh um, but Morgan NYNY has just done another one so right I'm going to do these oh, there we go we've, right. we're over an hour you know yeah but there's um all right you know fine all right we'll do, do uh, yeah it's cool we'll, uh, we'll do it we'll do it next week okay there is footy mom i listen on the west coast there's a proposal choice for the first walk of the week me and my dog smile to ourselves when we laugh at lies at lucy's mind like yeah we don't need to say that one. <laughs> i plan on what i will say for the coach be called in a row we'll do them next week we do yeah. next week. Susie GCG, this is a brilliant podcast. I like the week. I listen to the news. I was Lucy Reliable. No, we don't need to do it. Oh, Royfield's Dry Wit. Yes, we do need to do that one. <laughs> 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 All right, cool. All right, smashing. All right. Ego has landed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, talking about ego has landed. Now, bearing in mind, like, like most eight year old boys, I wanted to be an astronaut when I was eight. Yeah. And in my second room here, um, I've got a big picture of Yuri Gagarin, a Mercury rocket, and then um, this really lovely detailed picture of the moon. Right. So I like 
aeronautical, astronautical stuff and rockets and all that kind of malarkey. My God, I didn't realise. I was reading this article yesterday. Forget, forget where it was. But the height of the American space program, so like 1965, so before they actually went to the moon, but they were planning it, 15% of the federal budget of the United States was given to NASA. 15? One five of the whole budget. Jesus. Jesus indeed. Or is it even 25%? Let me just check. It was something like, I had, you just like, what? Um, the amount of money and it was you know this thing to beat the Russians yeah yeah it's either 50 I've I've got yeah I've got a sneaky feeling it's even 25 because it's such a figure if you're so outrageous it's just like you had to read it and then read it again and say that's obviously a misprint and uh, yeah just the amount of money they gave to NASA so and then by the time they then got to the moon, you know, wise heads were saying, no, we're just spending too much money on this. And then, uh, and everything just kind of got curtailed. But in the middle of the 60s, when uh, what's in Los Angeles is burning down and you've got, you know, civil rights marches, you know, people living yeah. in abject poverty. Yeah. You know, literally a quarter of the federal budget was being spent uh, grandstanding against the Russians. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.